Welcome back to the 12-Sided Guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Roos. That's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as both Bull and Roz. You know, the bailiffs. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're the only one who gets that, Matt. Squeak, boom, now. That's right. Well, a disc two has proven to be deadly and dangerous with new mysteries and plots around almost every corner. Mysteries like, who are the bailiffs? What's Mordecai's deal? And most mysterious of all, where's Roos's mom? Does she still live in Pine's <laughs> old house? Did she move into the castle? Uh, we, we may never know. <laughs> if you want to figure out the mysteries of Pavantis and get more content, access to our maps and wikis, and even character sheets, then check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. But even telling a friend or two or 16 helps us out. So spread the word. Anyway, if you can remember escaping dungeons filled with hordes of monsters by finding the conveniently marked exit, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 58. In games like Chrono Trigger, did anyone ever go back to visit the main character's mom ever in the game? Yeah, occasionally. I would use the bed to get my hit points back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Free a free in. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I always had to introduce her to new party members to do like the little intro thing. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. So after the fight in Tabory Keep, Pine went back to his room and couldn't really sleep. So he sat and he wrote this letter. My dearest, I feel it. After all these years, age, I thought it would never come for me. But I haven't felt this weak and tired, well, since before we left Menarest. I wondered if the days of rushing off to battle at a moment's notice, standing toe-to-toe with warriors half my age or creatures twice my size, were behind me. I thought I would be okay hanging up my sword after the undoing of Pavantis. I thought I could make this broken world better by building rather than breaking down, by helping Ebby and Hermine to create a nation for their once enslaved people through research into new measures to slow inevitability, or even as a statesman. But now I know I'm a soldier and an old one at that. Kira needed me. And I nearly failed her and my friends. Oh, it's good to be back with them. Truly some of the best companions I've ever known. You would love them too, Petal, as I do. But I fear I'm slowing. And I'm loath to become a burden to them. Zealots of inevitability. Drugged out on some chemical I've never heard of. Stolen to Tabori's keep with plans to sacrifice Kira. Apparently her reign in the new kingdom here runs counter to what they feel ought to be. Ebby, Nari, Roos, and I fought our way into the keep without issue, and upon learning they weren't in her chambers, proceeded down into the lower levels of the tower. It was there that my life's story nearly closed. Two untrained, undisciplined, unthinking assailants surrounded me, 
and cut me to within an inch of my life, and not just once, but thrice. Were it not for Ebby and Roos, I would now lie dead on the floor with our attackers. My love, I fled. I fled and without a plan to regroup or strategy for retaliation. I am ashamed to say that I cowered up the stairs, waiting for our attackers to ascend one by one. Nari and Ebby accompanied me, concerned for this old man. But while they protected me, Roos, that brave boy, went in with only his pocket lizard and Ebby's cat as backup. Roos revived Kira, and together they subdued the attacker's leader and ended the ritual that would have spilled Kira's blood. I know what you would say to me, my love. At least, I can hear your voice in my mind offering words of comfort. When we were younger, when you were well, when we stood against the mightiest military in the world, your words were ever comforting, ever encouraging. I hear them now, though I can't help but think they are my wishful thinking, as you are not here to whisper them in my ear. Perhaps instead you would encourage me to rest. To leave the fighting to the young, reminding me that I'm not still the proud young lieutenant you married so many years ago. Sit. Grow old. Enjoy the simple pleasures of a retirement well earned. No. No. I can't hear you ever saying that, not to me. You've always encouraged greatness from me. Greatness of which I never truly thought myself capable until you helped me to see what we could be together. I will not rest today. I will get to the bottom of the attempt on Kira's life and its intent. We will start with a prisoner from among the attackers who did not drink the potion, and we will question the preacher from the market who so openly professes inevitability. Eventually, we'll also look into these bailiffs, marked with the Tower of Adjudication, who've arrived at the keggery of late. My love, I'm not done with this world. As long as I draw breath, the enemies of Pavantis will have to contend with me. No, no, with the man you always saw in me. My deepest love and longing affection, your Tenred. Pine will take his letter to Artarian's temple, and he'll burn it, and he'll spread the ashes among the tombs there, and then return to the cakery to get some sleep. Awesome. Since that moment, Pine writing that letter, more has passed in-game. Um, let's see. We had a run-in at the pit with um, Gerard and Porthos and some buying and selling of things. And as our heroes were heading back uh, to begin their investigations into the attack on Kira, um, after having had Mordecai, the prophet of Iramil, arrested, they saw some of these some of these bailiffs, these uh, men and women with the tower emblems on their on their high collared cloaks or sometimes tattooed on their faces, saw some of them running south towards the Kagri. And as they followed, they saw that the Kagri doors were closed. There was a big letter like nailed to the front door. And there was one of these tattooed bailiffs standing out in front of the Kagri with a drawn sword point down in the ground. And the Kagri was shut. And that's where we're at right now, actually. Um, so we have Pine, Ebby, Nari, and Roos all standing outside the Kagri, 
along with some other folks who were probably in the kegery who were unceremoniously escorted out. And there is a general grumble going on this morning here in Tabry on the south side of the city. And there's also Lieutenant General and Crumbles outside, too. (laughs) That's right. Crumbles is back. I forgot Crumbles is back. But you said General Grumble, so I was like Lieutenant General and Crumble. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, here you guys are on the south side of Tabry, outside of the Kagery, um, with some um, people, some of them, you know, still like uh, with like a chicken leg in their hand, half eaten. (laughs) <laughs> having been escorted out of the keggery. Pine will get down off Crumbles and say, What's over this then? <laughs> to who? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> to the guy with the chicken leg in his hand. What, what's going on? What's what's happening here? Uh, the guy kind of waves his chicken leg around as he's as he's talking. He's like, I, I don't know. They They just came in and they told us that by their authority that they were taking control of the keggery and and that we had to get out until their investigations were over. Something like that. I don't know. They just, they came in with force. I'm not going to stand up to that. I mean, look at the guy. And he points over to the guy standing there with his great sword in the ground and the tattoos all over his face. And he's pointing with the, with the, the drumstick. He's pointing with the <laughs> drumstick. Yes, exactly. Grease dripping down his hand. <laughs> yes. I cannot imagine Angus would so easily allow this to happen. Well, he looks around and he's like, I, I don't know. I I guess he's still inside. And as you guys look around the crowd, you don't see Angus either. Well, I don't like the idea of uh, some some group claiming some sort of legal authority when I don't believe that this is sanctioned by the city watch at all. I'm sure that Kira did not sanction this. Well, let's go see what that note says. Excuse me, excuse me, young man, stand aside. I say to the man with the sword in, his, in the ground, I'll say, I need to read this letter up close. He's, he's actually standing off to the side, so you can go up and read it. He's not stopping you from reading it. I still ask him to move over farther away. Okay, okay. Nice. <laughs> Why don't you make a either persuasion or intimidation check? Uh, let's do persuasion. Uh, that rolled a two, so I got a nine. He, uh, you know what, he actually, he's got his feet kind of spread apart. Um, he kind of moves his right foot over just like three inches. And then he goes back to kind of staring at the crowd. Okay, well, Pine will pretend to have really bad eyesight and get up really close to read what's on there, but also he'll be trying to listen through the door. Um, as you look at this paper, this paper is big. It's like uh, written out so that you can see it from a distance. Um, you can see um, it is, uh, what it says is, To all citizens of Tabury, this establishment is now held by bailiffs under the direction of Bailiff Fern, who bears the authority of the adjudicatorium. Any attempt to interfere with the divinely appointed duties of the bailiffs of the adjudicatorium will be met with swift and violent reprisal. Please utilize patience in this matter as higher authority is currently en route to put a swift end to this temporary situation. The tower adjudicates. And that's where it ends. So Pine will read that out loud. And at the same time, can I can I hear if there's anything going on inside through the door? Why don't you make a perception check? Do I like disadvantage because of the door? Uh, well, it's just that you don't have disadvantage. It's just a very high difficulty. You're listening through a big old oak door. And Nari is going to come stand like right behind Pine, kind of like he's her grandfather or something, pretending kind of like she's helping him along, but really looking at that bailiff. Okay. So Pine rolled a 13 on his perception. Okay. 
listening, you can hear it's how you can't hear anything coming from the doors. You hear like the murmur of the crowd behind you. And it's a little bit overwhelming. You can hear you can make out what people are saying behind you quite clearly. Some people are like, oh, this I won't stand for this. And what do you think they want? And that kind of thing, you know, but coming from inside of the Kagri, you don't actually hear anything. Um, but not that you would even expect to. These are thick um, mahogany doors, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, mahogany is actually nice. a really good wood to work with because um, it, you can carve it without it having and cut into it without having a lot of like uh, splits and stuff. Well, there you go. Mm. Roos is going to walk up to the guy and in a loud voice, he's going to say um, more aimed at the guy but in a way so that like the crowd gathered hears him and he'll say you know the last time the adjudicatorium came and messed with tabory the citizens didn't take too kindly to what was his name rolf oh i remember rolf i i remember him being gone why don't you make an intimidation check uh with advantage uh because Ooh. uh nari spoke up too i'm not intimidating by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> but you opened your mouth Hey, but I got an 18. <laughs> you rolled an 18. Um, you see, okay, so your intimidation, you, your words definitely got through, and you can tell instantly by his body language. He doesn't move. You can see a little tick in his cheek, and you can see his shoulders tense up just a little bit, and you can almost hear, like, the leather on the handle of his sword, kind of, um, his hands kind of squeezing it, and it's squeaking just a little bit underneath his hands. I'll pointedly look at his eye as uh, the leather in his hand, like tensing and say, look, there's no need for a fight. I think we need to talk to this, this leader of yours. There are better ways to go about doing an investigation than taking over some man's establishment. He says, well, that's not for me to say. Bailiff Fern is busy right now. Are you staying here at this inn? I was staying here at this inn and my things are upstairs. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to go see this, this Fern man. He says, very shortly, we will allow one person in at a time to go and gather their things. Patience, please. This is not your establishment. It is now under the authority of the adjudicatorium. Did Queen Kira give you authority? Because this is her city. Queen Kira did not need to give me authority. I do not speak for Queen Kira. I speak for the Tower of Judgment and the adjudicator. The adjudicator. I can't say that word. The Judgment. <laughs> the Tower of Judgment. I speak for the adjudicators and the Tower of Judgment. But that voice is not recognized here, right? And Ebby's going to kind of look to the crowd and be like, yeah, come on, guys. And, and Pine will say, what? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you, you make a persuasion check to see if you can get the crowd riled up? Oh, I do not have good persuasion, but we'll try. Ooh, nat 20 for a 21. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> nice. yes. so the people of Tabery love us, and you can't help that. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the chicken leg is like, yeah, that's right. That's right. We won't stand for this. You guys don't have authority here. Yeah, yeah. Give us back our stuff. Give us back our inn. Queen Kira. That one doesn't really take. <laughs> You're like, give me my stuff. Give me my stuff. It looks like you guys might have another riot on your hands. As I recall, that's how Rolf died. Ooh. That is how Rolf died. We are well aware of how Rolf died. Listen, I understand you're just doing your job, but I think you should allow us to go and speak with your leader now before there is trouble. 
These people won't stand idly by, and I don't think you want to wet your blade with the blood of innocents who've just been put out by your unlawful investigation. Why don't you make a persuasion check? Because this is going to depend on how he responds right this second. I rolled nat 20 for a 27. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. <Okay. laughs> what he was going to say is, if they raise their hands against me, then they are not innocent. But instead, he shuffles his feet a little bit. He looks down at the ground, and then he looks over at the four of you and says, I can see if one of you can go in to speak with Bailiff Fern, but I assure you he is very busy. Which will it be? I think it should be uh, probably Ruth. Oh, I I was going to say Mr. Pine there. He's he's has the official capacity. I was going to say Abby. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess Mr. Pine is our dignitary, but it it does seem like Ruth might hold more sway in the city. I don't know about that. Well, perhaps Mr. Pine and, you know, may Lord Moshe or Lo- Lord Amarok's blessing go with you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that Ebby spoke thieves can't. Good job, good job. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the decision, I will go. And I will um, feign really, really leaning on that cane. I'm going to have Amarok be invisible and accompany Pine. Awesome. Here's what we are going to do. I am going to switch maps and we're going to have um, Pine is going to move through the map by himself with Amarok. Ooh. Yes. This uh, bailiff at the door, he steps over to the front door and he pushes one side open just a little bit, just a crack and allows Pine to go in and Amarok will follow. Uh, he closes the door behind you or behind him. He comes in as well um, with you. And then you can see in there, there's other um, there's other bailiffs kind of moving around in the common room. And uh, if you want to make a perception check, you can. But it looks like there's um, basically there's some men, some women. And you see some other of these uh, these bailiffs that have like the tattooed of the of the tower on their on their face or on their hand, um, just kind of moving around. They all seem um, tense and ready for for anything but you rolled what did you roll for your, for your perception my perception was a 15 one thing you notice is none of them have drinks in their hands it doesn't look like anything's like been turned over they're not eating food off of the tables or anything like that it looks like they're pretty disciplined they're not looting the place um they seem to be um treating it with respect pine will actually say that out loud assuming that um amarok will help them the, the rest of the party kind of I don't know, communicate. Um, so Pine will say just out loud, it's good to see you're disciplined. It's good to see that you're not at least looting down here. I wonder what our rooms look like upstairs, though, as I shuffle by. Yeah, one of them, uh, one of them stands up and he looks at you, looks at you right in the eye and says, your things are right where they were left. I can assure you. And then the tattooed, um, the tattooed bailiff from the front, he says, if you will please wait here, I will go speak with Bailiff Fern and see if he can be pulled away to speak with you. And he will move past you and go up the stairs and out of sight. Okay. Pine, again, really, really leaning on that cane, will hobble over to the bar and pour himself a drink. And not drink it, but just to like sit, have a place to sit and and observe, um, but also to cross the room a little bit more, maybe get a little bit better view. Yeah. I mean, so if you want to describe what you see um, for everybody else, that'd be... Fine. All right. So it looks like I see in this room, um, I see four, five 
five potentially bailiffs. There's somebody on the stairs that I can't really see. Oh, okay. Oh, that was the guy who went upstairs. Sorry. Okay. So I see, I see five. Originally I saw four, but there was one that was blocked, but there's one, uh, one bailiff by the stairs that lead up to our rooms. There's one, um, at the bar. Uh, there is one kind of in the immediate entryway of the, uh, of the common room. And then there's one on the South side toward the entrance as well among the tables, but that's pretty much all I see. I don't see Angus. You do not see Angus. No. Um, as you reach up to go pour yourself a drink, this uh, female um, bailiff, um, as you reach for a bottle, she puts her hand on your wrist and she says, nothing that you haven't paid for, please. Oh, I have a room here. It's on my tab. You can ask Angus. Where is he? That will, the drink will have to wait. But, 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 but. I'll, pull out a, I'll pull out a silver and put it on the, on the bar. She slides it back over to you. Says, "I am not a bartender." Well, yeah, where's Angus? These are not my goods to sell. Well, there Angus is. Where is he? Not here. I'll just grumble like a grumbly old man. <laughs> you can tell that her um, patience was starting to wear a little bit thin. Um, one thing I want to describe to you. I'm not sure if you can tell by the map, but um, behind the bar, um, there are two doors. The door to the north leads to the kitchen. Um, and that's where like, um, you know, food and um, extra alcohol is kept. And then the door straight to the west behind the bar, you have not really seen back there, but you're pretty sure it's a storage room of some kind. So the entrances and exits out of this, this main common area, there's the kitchen to the north, the storage room to the west, and then the main entrance to the uh, east, and then the stairs going up. After a couple of minutes, you actually see the tattooed bailiff come back down the steps. He walks over to you about, you know, stays a little bit away from you. And he says, he kind of gives you a little bit of a bow, but bows, your, bows his head towards you, Pine, and says, Bailiff Fern will be down shortly. And then he will take his leave and go back out and stand out in front of the kegery, closing the door behind him. And just about the time that he closes the door, um, you can hear footsteps coming down the steps and you see this man come walking down the stairs and into the common area. Um, why don't you, um, well, you don't need to make a perception check. You can tell right off the bat. He looks kind of similar to Librarian Horton. He's got kind of a little bit of like a tan or greenish cast to his skin. Um, he is much bulkier, though, than um, than Horton was. Horton was kind of slender in his build, but this guy, um, he's got, you know, um, kind of short little tusks, um, and he's got this, uh, this greenish cast to his skin. As he comes walking up to you, he is wearing... Um, He's wearing armor underneath his cloak. Um, looks like half plate or no, actually splint armor. And um, as he comes and approaches you, Pine, he says, I understand you have some questions about what's going on here at the Kegery. Pine will um, not stand, which is pretty big for him. This is like, this is a power move. <laughs> um, so he'll just kind of pivot on his stool and he'll say, where did you come from? What is the meaning of this? And where is Angus? I come from the city of Almar, under the authority of the adjudicators of the Tower of Judgment. And Angus is upstairs. Wait, 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 wait. The adjudicators speak with the voice of the emperor. There is no emperor. The adjudicators speak with the voice of judgment. Oh, they changed their story. Okay, I see. Maintaining power. 
The adjudicators speak to keep Pavantis safe and under control. We're under control by whom? By the voice of reason. And whose reason is that? Because what I see, you've come into this establishment. You have asserted authority where you have no legal authority. Kicked all these people out of their rooms. And now you're conducting an investigation. You No one will even tell me where the barman is. He's upstairs. And ask yourself this, sir. How many people were injured when we took over this tavern? How much things have we stolen? How much have we looted? Nothing. Everything will be returned to its rightful owner. You are staying here at this inn. Why don't I accompany you up to your room? You can get your things and go find another place to stay until our investigation is done. No, I don't think I will. Then I'm going to have to ask you to leave. No, I don't think I'll do that either. I need more answers from you. Why are you here? Why do you have Angus upstairs? Make a persuasion check. This is going to be intimidation. I'm trying to I'm trying to be assertive with this man. Okay. Why don't you roll it? That's another nat 20 for 27. Ooh, I'm fired tonight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, real quick, while this is all going on, you know, Ebby's kind of lit hearing through uh, Amarok's ears. Oh, yeah. I want to kind of get the ball rolling and like tell people in the crowd, like, go get the city guards. Just so that way we can hopefully save a little bit of time and have the guards get here sooner rather than later. And as Ebby does that, um, Nari will bring out her sending stone, cell stone that she keeps in her pocket and just tell Kira, the bailiffs have taken over the keggery. We will deal with it, but it may cause problems over and out. <laughs> you, get, you get a response. That's a big 10 four. <laughs> <laughs> and Roos is trying to incite the crowd nearby as well and say, get all the regulars, get everybody out here. We need to make these bailiffs understand that they're messing with the wrong people and the wrong city. This is Angus's bar. Okay, so I'm going to need Roos to make a persuasion check. And I'll give, I'll let you have advantage because everyone is already kind of riled up about it. Okay, good. Um, and then, Nari, you get a response back from Kira. as She says, seriously? Taking over the Kagari? I don't need this now. I will send what help I can there. But I must keep the castle protected. And that's where it ends. 10-4, partner. you say to nobody because it doesn't work that way (laughs) i like to think that this is how nari and kira talked to each other when they were together they just always talk talk to each other like they're on cvs (laughs) roos got an 18 on his uh persuasion okay yeah so 18 of persuasion yeah you people are getting kind of riled up and you know and and then you hear some grumbles about uh you know people talking about this is like back back at the hanging they think they can come push us around and, uh, you know, people are starting to get uh, get a little bit riled up. It's, it does kind of remind you of what happened back in episode, I think, six. I think it was seven. Or seven. Yeah, way back. There. Episode seven. Yeah, yeah. Does the, does the man standing in front of the door, does he look a little bit spooked or is he just staying stoic? He's very stoic. He's very stoic. Um, you get the impression that this guy not much flaps him, you know. Um, even when you were intimidating him, it didn't he didn't get intimidated. He got 
angry. He got aggressive, you know, uh, so the intimidation didn't like cow him at all. It made him aware of the danger. It just kind of reiterates to you that this, that these bailiffs are, um, they're seasoned. They are, um, not to be, um, taken lightly. Um, back inside pine, as you were sitting on this stool and you made that intimidation check against, um, uh, bailiff fern, he kind of gives a huff and he pulls out a stool and sits down across from you. He calls out over the bar back towards the, the door behind the bar that leads to the West. And he says, bailiff Jaron, can you bring that in please? And then he turns back to you, Pine, and he says, this is why we are here. As a bailiff comes in from behind the bar and in his hands, he has something long, probably like three and a half, four feet, maybe bigger, long and thin in his hands wrapped up in a blanket. And he goes and he sets it on the bar and then steps back. And then bailiff Fern pulls back the blanket to reveal the handle of an almost buster sized sword <laughs> what's this you recognize the sword <laughs> yeah i figured i did i kind of i kind of figured that this might be might be the case oh angus angus be casual i know i'm being i'm gonna be casual i'm gonna be casual whoa <laughs> that sword is enormous <laughs> i've seen bigger <laughs> <laughs> He covers it back up and he says, this is the weapon of Adjudicator Rolf. It is sacred to the Tower of Judgment. It should have never been taken as a trophy. And he kind of motions back to this, uh, this other uh, bailiff to take it back. And he picks it back up, but picks up the sword and takes it back into the back storage room where he was before. So the sword is now out of sight. And uh, Bailiff Fern says, the barman here, Angus, was involved in all of the goings on five years ago where an adjudicator was slain as he was doing his divine duty. And it is only proper now that Angus receive his punishment. Wait, 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 wait. What do you plan to do with the rest of the city? Because as I recall, the stories go that it was an uprising of the citizens of Tabury that resulted in the death of adjudicator Rolf. We are not so foolish to think that we can take on the entire city. No, the city, I am sure, has been given a pardon. But the weapon of an adjudicator belongs to the Tower of Judgment. No new adjudicators can be appointed until the weapon of the previous adjudicator has been laid to rest. And now, hopefully, we can move past the events of five years ago. I don't think we should. I think there should be a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> Nari's starting to get real uncomfortable about her axe, too. <laughs> but we, you did say that you had it, you did have it reforged, so it doesn't look like the axe anymore, right? Yeah, no, it definitely, like, I used my old wrapping on my other axe, and it, it shouldn't be recognizable, but I don't trust these guys. They may have some magical means, who knows, yeah. Yeah, so um, Nari, you don't even know that this is going on. But Pine, if you you if that thought crossed your mind, why don't you make a quick Arcana check? Pine rolled a ten. You hope that Nari's axe is different enough that it would not also be detected. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. And then uh, Bailiff Fern says, "Now, if you'll excuse me, I have more work to do before my superiors get here. So 
would you care for me to show you to your room so you can get your things? Or would you like to leave and wait for the, this establishment to open up uh, completely again? Who are your superiors? Is there an adjudicator coming here? Yes, there is. That really worked out well last time. <laughs> I can assure you this adjudicator does not travel alone. And we, the bailiffs of the Tower of Judgment, are here to make sure that the adjudicator stays safe. Why don't you make a history check, Pine? Okay. I think we may have already done this, but it's probably needed to be done. Why doesn't everybody make a history check? You guys are all kind of dealing with the bailiffs and stuff. Uh, Pine rolled an eight. Roos got a 15. Evie rolled a 14. Nari rolled a seven. Roos and Ebby. Um, Ebby, you've done some traveling in um, Almar and in now currently Racolia, which is what the Almar province is now called, the city-states of Racolia. But Roos, you've had some dealings, you know, back in your days of Howling Talon and everything, you had some imperial dealings. You have never heard of bailiffs, ever. Like, this is not something that you're, you're fairly certain this was not something that was going on with the Empire five years ago, before the Empire fell apart. Bailiffs are something new. But I, I don't know for certain that the adjudicatorium are involved because I'm not in that room yet. So No, but you guys had already kind of surmised that, I think, last time we got together. Okay. Plus, Ebby's kind of listening through Aramok, right? Or Amarok. Yeah, that's right. That's that's kind of what I was assuming was that we were getting the gist of things. Yeah, I think I think it's like a, a poorly done live translation is what's happening where Ebby's like, now they're talking about this. Oh, good one, Pine. <laughs> burn. Oh, I'll tell you guys later. I may have misheard it, but but I think Pine was asking for like a teriyaki bowl. <laughs> yes. Oh, and Pine's boot is untied. Oh, Pine, tie that boot before you trip. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> Amarok, you're looking the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so is Amarok staying in the common room? Or Pine, I guess, actually, first off, Pine, what's your, what are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to go up to your room and get your things, or are you going to be escorted out, or are you going to do something different? Oh, man. Can we cut back to me in just a second? <laughs> sure. Okay. That's not a problem. What's everyone doing outside? I think Nari would, if... if I'm assuming there's an entrance around back. I think Nari might try to grab a couple of the um, covertly grab a couple of the people in the crowd and go around back and see if she can sneak in there. Yeah. Let me kind of describe how the Kagri is set up. The Kagri has common walls on the north and on the south, but you know that there is an alley. I mean, Nari actually lived here for a whole week before our campaign ever started. She was living here with Ember. And so Nari kind of got the feel for the Kagri. So you would know that there's an alley back behind the building. Um, but on the north side of the building and on the south side of the building, it shares a common wall with the two buildings next to it that go up to the second floor. And then on the third floor, um, the Kagri kind of rises up above the other building. So then there's windows all around. Um, but yes, there is definitely a back entrance. In fact, there are there's two back entrances that you're aware of. Um, one leading into the kitchen and one leading into the storage room. They're still they're They're kind of in the same area back in that alley so you want to sneak around to the back that's not a problem yeah i want to sneak around to the back and then i don't know if if someone from our party wants to come with me that would be cool or i could even grab someone from the crowd ebby or roos you guys want to go with her or are you guys going to stay out in the front yeah roos will go with her for now okay uh maybe maybe ebby will stay in the front in case guards come and he can help direct them 
All right, so um, as uh, Nari and Roos are making their way around to the back, Ebby, you do see that there are some constables starting to show up, um, carrying spears and shields. They're kind of like moving to the crowd, and they're all, what's all this then? What's all this then? Hello, hello, hello. Um, doing that whole constable thing. <laughs> I took an arrow to the knee once. <laughs> and then somehow the hello, hello, hello turns into forget about it. Sorry, that's Patreon exclusive content. That's why that's why I don't do accents generally because it always turns into a guy from New Jersey. Anyway, yeah, so you do see some constables starting to show up and they're looking around for um, someone to kind of explain what's going on. Um, they see the the notice on the front of the inn. They see the the tattooed bailiff standing in the front there with his sword drawn. You can't help but notice that they don't go and approach the bailiff. They kind of stop and kind of are looking and kind of assessing, uh, but they do not go up to approach the bailiff. I think Ebby's going to try and antagonize a little bit and be like, and so what? We're going to let the Empire just waltz right back in and take the take the keggery like they own the place, like it's like it's the Empire all over again. Is that what we're going to let have happen here? And see if he can kind of rile up the crowd a little bit. Okay, well, they're you know what you can because they're already getting all riled up. Like, yeah, this is this is this is bull honky. <laughs> this is some real bull crap. It's bull crap. <laughs> I don't know if that's a slur, Paul. That I don't know if it is either. I don't know. I'm, you can just you make know, up a slur that's f- part of the fantasy world. Um, that's a bunch of bull. Dropping, I don't know. Whatever, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on from that. But yeah, no, people are actually starting to push forward a little bit, you know. And like, you actually get one person like starting to like pick up like a um, a dirt clod, and he throws it at the bailiff standing there at the front. It misses, but um, the bailiff kind of goes from having his sword point down to he kind of raises his sword up and he puts it up over his shoulder. Not quite ready, looking like he's ready to swing, but it's definitely a more um, more aggressive pose. Rusanari, you guys uh, make your way around to the back alleyway. Um, you can see it's pretty narrow back here. So it kind of skirts along back here behind the Kagari. You know that if you keep heading to the kind of the north, uh, the northwest corner of the building, that that's where the back entrances are. I think that's where we want to head. I would imagine we would want to sneak a little bit. Why don't you guys make some um, make some stealth checks? Rus is going to offer some pointers to Nari. And she's actually going to get advantage on her stealth check. Oof, you didn't have to do that, but thank you. I uh, just rolled a 23 on stealth, but let me roll again just in case. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe you should look out for yourself there, Ruth. Hey, you know, just to save face, I'm going to use one of my my D8s and, uh, you know, maybe do a little bit better than that. Oh, my gosh. What did you roll? Uh, I rolled a one and got a seven. And then I okay. roll, then I, uh, with my squire helped me out and, and, uh, maybe moved a twig so that it didn't snap and okay. added seven. So I got 14. Okay. Let me see. Uh, let me just check something real quick. Uh, passive perception. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you guys can kind of sneak up a little bit more, um, as you guys get, um, further to the, uh, to that upper corner, Nara, you kind of peek your head around the corner where the doors are, and you can see that standing outside, um, you see another one of these bailiffs. This one is not tattooed. This is a, a female bailiff. Uh, looks like she's wearing like plate armor underneath her cloak. She's got um, like a tall collar with a pin of the tower stuck to it. 
And she has a great sword as well, but it is not drawn. It is still like strapped to her back. And um, she actually has uh, got her arms folded and she's leaning up against the back of the building, not asleep or anything, but just kind of just relaxing. And uh, you don't think that she noticed you guys because she hasn't said anything. But she is kind of right between both of the doorways. What do you think? I mean, I prefer not to take her out, but we might have to uh, to knock her out at the very least. Well, we can try. I, I would rather her not make a sound. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, Roos is going to look up. Is there are there any windows like second story windows? So there are second story windows, but um, just so you know, uh, this portion of the Kagery, um, where these back doors are that opens out into the alleyway, it's actually um, a, this is there's a section of the second floor and third floor and fourth floor that kind of extends out over this. So you're kind of underneath the, the where this where this woman is standing. She's kind of underneath the second floor, if that makes sense. OK, and there are definitely windows on the on this back side. And you would I guess you would assume that they would go into some some of the rooms on the second floor. So could Nari, like, lift me up there? She could lift you up and you could try to climb a little bit and get up there. I, I'd say that she could assist you um, in climbing. Yeah. Okay. In, a, in an athletics check. Or acrobatics. I'll let you do acrobatics, too. Okay. I can toss you. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you toss me? And then uh, I can help pull you up. That, that sounds great. Okay, so um, why don't you make an athletics check difficulty 12? Nari will practice her cheerleading moves. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi. (laughs) (laughs) Ruth's got a 14 on acrobatics. Wait, did you use advantage? Oh, I forgot to. Well, I mean, I passed, so we're good. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Ruth, you get up to this uh, window and you kind of shimmy it open uh, and then you climb it and sure enough i'm pretty sure you're in a bedroom on this second floor um let me look yes you are in a bedroom on the second floor <laughs> awesome so i'm gonna i'm gonna hang down and reach my hand out and try and help pull nari up into the room with me okay perfect we'll say that you you guys can you guys are level eight you guys can get up here now um both of you and um yeah, we will come back to you guys in just a second. Pine, have you considered what you were going to say? Yes. Pine will say, I don't feel bound to leave this place, but at the same time, I also recognize that I am surrounded by what appear to be well-trained and well-armed individuals. I didn't pass the history check, so I wouldn't know to ask about how old their, their organization is. So instead, I'll say, Know that we do not recognize your authority. That the people of Tabery will not let this stand. While I hope there will not be aggression, there will not be bloodshed. You may have your hands full. R- real quick, sorry to interrupt. I want to send a message through Squire to Mr. Pine. That might affect what's going to happen. Okay, well, Pine is standing up and this message comes through. We're upstairs. Can you delay them as long as possible? We're going to look for Angus. And I can I can respond back, right? Is it, without people hearing? Yes. I'll say, I think that I've delayed them as long as I can. Be ready to come to my aid. Okay. <laughs> Fake a heart attack, Pine. Jesus. <laughs> I was going to say, a pratfall, right? Isn't that what Chevy Chase used to do? A pratfall? There's lots of tables that you can knock yes. over. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Do a, a Chevy Chase. <laughs> 
So because this is the first thing that he's heard, you did say, okay, you did say um, stall them. So um, I will, as, as Pine gets up, he'll pretend to be dizzy. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's a deception, correct? That would be either deception or performance. It's the same. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's uh, a 16, though. Oh, hey, not too bad. All right. Um, as you kind of get dizzy, then you, you sit back down in, in the stool. Yeah. You're not going to go for the whole fall. <laughs> OK, no, no, no. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be a, a sketch comedy. You don't want to throw out a hip. <laughs> <laughs> he is actually 78. You guys, we can't have him falling. <laughs> <laughs> he is 76. 76. Trombones. Please say somebody caught that. I got that. I, I was in the Music Man with you, dude. I know that. That's true. Um, so, so I'll sit back down and be like, oh, excuse me, sorry. I need to, your soldier here wouldn't let me wet my whistle, and I'm afraid I'm a little parched. So your your performance, your deception was good. So um, uh, Bailiff Fern looks at you, and then he looks back at the, at the woman saying behind the bar, and he's like, it's all right. One drink. And then she um, kind of slides the bottle over to you that you were going to pour into your mug. All right. And I, now I will sit and I will sip. I figure the conversation's over. I am yes. watching to see if everybody kind of goes back to their positions and if Fern sticks around until I'm gone. Fern gives a look at um, the woman and then he steps over here by the stairs. There's a so the bailiff who's standing by the stairs going up. He's one of these tattooed guys. He's got like the tattoos on his face. And Fern and him share a little conversation um, for just a short little like 10 second thing. Um, and then Fern goes upstairs. And I don't overhear any of it because I just preemptively rolled a perception check and got a seven. OK. All right. OK. So we've got uh, Pine sipping some some drink downstairs by himself with one, two, three, four people here inside. And then uh, and then Fern upstairs and then uh, we have Ebby outside in the front. A dirt clod just got thrown at the uh, bailiff at the front door. So, Ebby, what are you doing now? Are you trying to get things moving even more violently or what? Are there are there kind of windows on the front here? Oh, there are definitely windows on the front. There are big there are two in the front um, on the first floor. There are two big bay windows, um, one on either side of the door. And then as you work your way um, up the uh, the different stories, it, the Kagery is a it's a three story building with an attic, um, basically. And so the second and third story, they have um, windows along the front of the building. Yes. Got it. I mean, I I want to kind of see if I can position myself so I can keep an eye on Pine, um, so okay. that way he's within sight, if that's at all possible. That's very much possible because you know where he's at. I mean, the the windows are made up of like little, little panes of of glass, and so it's not like a one clear sheet that you can see through. But you you saw him walk in, you followed him to the bar, you know he's at the bar, um, so you can kind of keep your eye on him. Um, and uh, yeah, that's not that's not a problem. Cool. Ebby, while this is going on, actually, while you're looking at me, Crumbles is going to kind of come nudge you with his head. Ooh. And kind of motion motion into the uh, into the kegery. And then he will actually kind of go and stand about 10 feet, 15 feet back from the front door, but like right in front of the front door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that we have like a menagerie of pets and little friends and helpers. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, we got an Aelaton. We got a pocket lizard. <laughs> we 
<laughs> we got a, we got cat. a flying cat, cat wolf. <laughs> and we have Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about other pocket lizards. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> All right. Okay. So looks like Crumbles is ready to charge the front door if need be. Ebby is there next to him, and Pine is sitting on a stool. We are going to jump to the second story of the Kagari with Roos and uh, Nari having just climbed through a window into a bedroom. Now, you guys have been in the Kagari enough. You guys climb into a window, um, and actually the window you climb into, there's two windows that lead into this room on the um, western wall. Um, this bedroom is one of the, it's it's not the nicest room, but it's one of the nicer rooms. It has two beds in it. It's got a couple of little dressers, and there is a door on the south side of this room. You know, having been in the Kagari plenty of times, that this floor has a row of rooms along the north, a row of rooms across the middle running from east to west, and then a row of rooms along the south wall. And um, that there is a hallway and that goes all the way around um, kind of the the middle of the room uh, or the middle of the floor. And um, climbing into the window that you did was actually very lucky because one more window further south and you guys would have climbed out into a hallway and um, who knows what's going on in the hallway. So. You guys are in this bedroom. Can we listen at the door? Yeah, you can listen at the door. Why don't you make perception checks? Roos got a dirty 20. So dirty. That's a stanky 20. (laughs) (laughs) Nari got a 13. Both of you can hear heavy footsteps moving down the hall. It sounds like they move just basically kind of... um, up from the south and then they come right past your door and then head further off to the east um so it's like they came up one hall and went down another hall and as you're sitting there um nara you hear the footprint the footsteps but uh roos you can also hear that after the footsteps go by there is um some gentle conversation quiet conversation going on on the other side of the door just a little murmur you can't make out what's being said um but it's very very quiet and you notice that as those footsteps walked by the conversation stopped, and then once the footsteps were gone, the conversation started back up again. And it is literally like right outside this door. Okay. I think we have guards posted right outside this door in the hallway. Can I kind of do a general scan of the room? Like, does it look like someone's actually staying here? Like, is there a reason they would be guarding this room? There is, um, it looks like somebody, yeah, somebody was staying here. There's some clothes that are shoved into the little nightstand, and then the bed has not been made yet. One of the beds has not been made yet. Um, there's, um, yeah, it looks like just some personal belongings um, in here. You can, I mean, as, as far as insight, I'll just let you use your passive insight. Um, you don't know why they'd be guarding this door. Uh, it doesn't seem like anything special about this room. They might not be posted right outside this door, but just in the hallway. It sounded like you had some ideas, so I am super open to hearing those. We can try and sneak through the hall, and if we're caught, we can pretend... We did this like five years ago. It wasn't super convincing, but we can pretend to be lovers again. (laughs) Excuse me. It was so convincing. It worked perfectly. I am a babe. Who wouldn't want to be my lover? (laughs) And then I'll glare at you. Who would not want to be my lover? Want to be my lover? Want to be my lover? (laughs) Look, I I know Kira has excellent taste. You're a very pretty lady. I just... Okay, well, I'll just give you my second idea. 
I can make myself look like one of them and pretend like you're like someone I caught sneaking around. That's an, that's my other idea. That might be more convincing. Um, not because I'm not beautiful, attractive human, but that, that might be more convincing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't trying to say anything about the way you looked. Well, no, you would just be intimidated to be with such a lovely lady. I, I get that. Yeah. 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 Roos is going to make himself look like the guard that was posted out the front door. Pull out his makeup kit and, you know, whip himself up. And, you know, suddenly he looks up. It looks exactly like the guy at the front door. And you can also make your armor. You have the glamoured studded leather, don't you? Yeah, I have glamoured studded leather. Uh, the The rules is written for disguised self. I can make myself look like anything, though, even without the glamoured. Right, right. Dari's going to be really impressed and be like, hey, maybe you could teach me how to use makeup like that. That that you look you look really different and, and good. <laughs> yeah, you should start a TikTok channel. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you teach me how to contour like that? <laughs> I am really good at this contour thing. I, I'll definitely show you. Let's sneak out the door. Okay. Why don't you make um, stealth checks? Oh, man, I'm so nervous. And I'm giving Nari advantage again. Okay. Roos got a 16. Um, so with advantage, Nari got a 12, but I am going to use dice to roll another D8 and try to add to that. I am going to do the same, and I rolled an 8, so my 16 turned into a 24. Perfect. And my 12 turned into a 19. So hopefully that's good. All right. Um, You guys sneak up to this door that you know opens out into a hallway and you crack it open. And the first thing you see is that literally um, just like a couple of feet from the door in this hallway, you see two bailiffs are talking to each other. Um, One of them's back is turned to you. Um, They're having just kind of a, a conversation. One of them mentions, when do you think he'll be here? And then the other one says, oh, I, I heard it was she'll be here. And then um, they're just kind of having this little conversation back and forth. And you can see that this hallway runs from east to west, from the east edge of the building all the way to the western edge of the building. And you are on the northwest edge of the second floor of the cakery right now. Could we head to the stairs up from here? You can. So the, the stairs up you would know are in the north east corner of the second floor okay so Roos is going to start silently going down the hallway towards the east towards the stairway and nari will follow him you guys are moving so quietly you pass these two uh, bailiffs who are having the conversation down the hall you, you can see that on the left side of the hall there are doorways you know that those are rooms actually uh nari as uh you're going down this hall you can remember five years ago um, coming up this very hallway to come and get the assistance of your good friend, Ember, who was in the middle of work um, back when the Empire showed up in episode one. I miss Ember so much. So much. <laughs> well, you are approaching um, the room that she used to use for work. A couple tears form in my eyes. well the room that she used to use for work is right it's kind of the door is right by the stairs going up and it kind of tucks in behind the staircase it's kind of a little bit of a a smaller kind of tucked away room but it's right there by the staircase going up so you're approaching her old her old workroom um as you continue to move down the hall scott i'm pretty sure that you saw something that you're kind of stopping i can see the corner of something but i can't tell what it is at the edge of the hall 
as you're sneaking, you can tell that you get like you can see like the foot of uh, of somebody standing at the edge of the hall that you would know is kind of right by the the staircase that goes um, up to the third floor. Okay, so somebody is standing there, and um, when you mention that to Nari, it seems like somebody is standing right in front of Ember's doorway. I think if we if we're quiet, we can probably make it past this person as well. I'll do my best to. Uh... Be sneaky. Well, you're definitely quieter than me so far, so so I think you got this. It's because I'm so light on my feet. All right, uh, so you're going to continue on down the hall. Yeah. Um, very good. Um, let's let's see what's going on with everybody else. Pine, what are you up to in the main room? Pine is kind of in a holding pattern, sipping the sipping the drink, and maybe starting to act a little buzzed just to get, give myself more excuses for behavior in here, but just sitting there drinking and kind of looking around, I'll even like look out the window and I'll just kind of give a little wave to the crowd out the window. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the agitation starting to get riled up. The, the woman standing behind the bar, she's like, okay, sir, I think it's time that you left. But wait, 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 system so good. So tasty. <laughs> Hoppy, it's Hoppy. She comes around the bar and she holds out her arm to you and she says, here, let me help you to the door. Oh, I, don't, I don't need all that. And I'll stand up by myself and I'll uh, uh, start to slowly make my way toward the door. Okay. Can we cut to Ebby really quick? <laughs> we can cut to Ebby, but I'm going to jump back up to Nari here real quick first. Nari, you and um, you and Roos are in the hallway sneaking along. You can tell there's somebody by the door to Ember's room. Nari, as you're standing there, you suddenly hear a voice in your head, and it is Kira. And it says, I can't send much help, but I did find some. They're on their way now. Please be careful. And that's where it ends. I will do my best to whisper to Roos and say, Kira's sending some help i don't know what that means but it it sounds like there's at least something what's our play do we want to try and sneak up to angus or do we want to well here we're gonna we're gonna jump back down now to ebby i just wanted to get that message out there (laughs) ebby you are out there in the crowd you can see more constables are showing up but there's still only like three or four of them total um, and they're kind of talking with each other. They kind of like one of them will go stand on one corner of the building. The other one stands on the other. And then the two kind of in the middle are kind of they're kind of standing there like not knowing what to do. They they look at this guy standing by the front door and they can tell that they're outclassed, you know, but the crowd is getting agitated. What are you doing with crumbles? I, I was looking over some of my cantrips just to kind of make sure I could understand what I can do with some of them. And yeah. um, one of them is mold earth. A question for you. The facade of this building, is it like a plaster stone, you know, facade on this lower level? It's brick. It's a brick lower level. Um, so one of the abilities of mold earth is that um, I can cause shapes, colors, or both to appear on, on dirt or stone, spelling out words and creating images or shaping patterns um, that can last for an hour. Okay. So what I would love to do is have words kind of 
appear more or less on the far side of the building, like on the left side of the door, not not right next to the door, but over to the side where maybe the windows are over the corner of the building. Okay. And I want the words to say, death to the false queen, long live the empire. Wow. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) That's easy enough. You do that. And then. And then I'm going to point it out and be like, look, look what they've done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No role needed. Um, You see um, a couple of guys start prying up cobblestones. And suddenly this guy has some big rocks being sent his way. In fact, we're going to make a couple of rolls to see if he gets hit. Oh, crap. He got crit on with a cobblestone. (laughs) (laughs) Not that much. Oh, my gosh. He takes 10 damage from a cobblestone. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the guy crit. It was a D4 for a rock. So and then I rolled a four and then plus two. Why not? So 10 damage from this cobblestone. Suddenly, this guy's sword is out and pointed at the crowd and he's looking around and let me see what he is going to do. He is trying to figure out who threw that rock. He can tell that things are getting out of hand and he's going to make a roll and he only rolled a three. So he actually, before anything else happens, he actually um, opens the door and backs into the common room. Pine, you see him come backing into the common room and close the door. And when he turns around, you can see he's got blood on his head from where he got hit by a rock. And he says... The crowd's getting restless out there. It's going to get dangerous very shortly. And you can see that this woman who has been trying to help you, Pine, to leave, suddenly ignores you. And she draws her sword and goes and stands down by the front entrance. And the there are now four adjudicators standing um, by the front doors. And the one who is in the back storage room behind you, Pine, he comes out as well, no longer carrying Rolf's sword, and he is going to um, go to the front as well. So now you have five of these bailiffs who are waiting by the front door. I may have said adjudicator earlier, but I meant bailiff. And the one by the stairs is staying by the stairs, but everyone has weapons drawn. And for the moment, Pine, you are ignored. Ebby, anything else you're doing out in the front? More just kind of agitating him and or kind of trying to rile up the crowd even more if I can be like, look, they're trying to secure the keggery for themselves. We can't let them take the city back and just, you know, trying to cause a nuisance as much as possible. That's fantastic. When when you do that, Crumbles will actually go donkey kick the doors. Oh, (laughs) I love it. Nice. Crumbles donkey kicks the doors. Okay, Um, so Crumbles kind of rushes up to the doors and donkey kicks them. Why don't you roll to hit? Okay, so Crumbles rolled a 12. That's easy enough to hit those doors, yes. Uh, For eight damage. Eight damage. The doors swing open and you can tell that the door on the right, the hinge kind of gets busted. These doors are now wide open. Um, Let's see. As that happens, Ebby, I want you to um, make a perception check okie dokie uh 22 22 um as uh the doors get kicked open and crumbles is standing there you can see into the common room you can see these five 
uh, bailiffs all standing with weapons drawn. And you hear uh, from behind you a voice. And the voice is very, very deep. And it says, all right, who's in charge here? And when you turn around to look, you see a familiar face. He is large. He's got like dark uh, brown skin. He's got little tiny horns on top of his head. And he has a big maul over his shoulder. And you recognize Brinby. Brinby, tiny, um, uh, Pine's old valet. Hot damn. Yes, yes. An old ally from Fallen Heaven. Uh, he comes up and you can see just barely the top of somebody else's head who is much, much shorter than Brinby. But you hear another voice that you recognize. Um, and it says, it looks like the fun's already started without us. And you recognize the voice of Hebo, who was that short man who, I don't know if you guys remember this way back in like episode 21. He's the one who actually was with Kira, with Fallen Heaven, who ended up taking the uh, the priest of Iramil's mace. And as you look, Ebby, you can still see that mace up over this dude's shoulder. Um, so Hebo and Brinby are there. Hell yeah. And with your um, 22 perception, you see a third person show up that actually <laughs> you recognize as well although from a very different situation this person is wearing armor uh, very well made armor um, he stands probably about four foot ten big thick blonde beard hanging down to his belt and he's got a shield um, on his arm and the last time you saw this guy he was shooting lightning bolts at you in the old customs house. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. And these three are together as they come into the square um, out in front of the Kagari. Ebby, you can see in here these five bailiffs all ready for battle with their swords drawn, but you can also sense the tension of these citizens behind you, and they all start to rush the doors of the Kagari, yelling and hooting and hollering. Pine, you see this as well. It's kind of intimidating um, being <laughs> on the opposite side of this mass of humanity rushing into this very small space. Pine chucks his bottle at the back of the head of somebody of one of the one of the uh, bailiffs at the door. <laughs> Just chucks it. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so which one are you throwing at? There's five. There's basically two in the front, two in the middle, and one in the back. It's like a bar fight. I love this. So I'll, I'll pick the one who's already been bloodied, who's already been hit by projectiles today. Okay, yeah, so he's, he's in the front. Somebody better get chucked through a window. It better not be me. Yes! <laughs> oh, oh, it'll happen. All right, throw this bottle. Yeah, so uh, a 25. Okay, all right. And then um, a bottle is an improvised weapon, so not quite as bad as a rock. What, what, what would you say? I'd say that's basically like a punch, like a ranged punch. Oh, well, then it doesn't do any damage. <laughs> well, no, add your dexterity to it. Add your dexterity to it. So it's one plus your dexterity modifier. Okay, then that's five. Five damage. Five damage. Oh, my gosh. Nice. This okay, that guy instantly whips around and sees you, Pine, and he starts to move towards you. Um, we are going to go back upstairs here real quick um, to the second floor. Roos and Nari, you guys can hear suddenly commotion you can hear uh coming from downstairs and out in the front here on the on the east side of the building you hear like the roar of the crowd and you can hear somebody downstairs yell out get ready they're coming and then you hear from behind you these uh 
two bailiffs that were in the hall that were having a conversation, you hear their feet go pounding south towards the staircase heading down to the first floor. And you also hear you hear two uh, more sets uh, from another part of the building on the second floor go pounding down past you. Nobody comes running past you or into your view, but you can hear people moving away from this floor. So it seems like whatever happened downstairs and outside um, has cleared out the second floor at least a little bit. But you can still see that foot of whoever is standing in front of Ember's door. You can still see that person. They, they shifted a little bit, maybe a little uncomfortable, a little uneasy, but they're still staying put. Make perception checks, Nari and Roos. Nari rolled a 17. Roos got a 21. Both of you guys can hear like a little murmur and then you hear um, a door open and you hear a deep voice say, what did they say? Whoever has to edit this, I apologize. It's all good, man. Yeah, it's Scott, so I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, just say exactly what is in the room. Um, If they could say that, that would be great. Yeah, like if they could give a description of exactly where Angus is. (laughs) Okay. You hear this, you hear this voice say, Stay here. No one gets in this room. And then the door closes again. Nari is going to look at Roos and say, well, I think we we know where we need to go. Yeah. Looks like we're going to go save Angus's life. Real quick. What's your marching order? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we could still sneak in or at least attempt to. The hallways are pretty narrow. Um, just a heads up, the hallways are pretty narrow and, um, you're actually fairly certain that, um, any, if you're approaching the staircase, um, that it's going to be really hard not to be seen if somebody is standing in front of, of, of Ember's door, like you have probably kind of reached the point as far as you can before somebody will see you if they're standing at that doorway. Yeah. So what, what my plan is, and hopefully this might give me like an advantage or at least, you know, some ability for stealth. I want to use Squire via the spell Thaumaturgy to go and open a window like the other direction to try and get the person to look somewhere else so that we can sneak in. So um, there is a, you would know having been in this building, there's a, there's windows along the front of this floor. Um, uh, so windows along the east side and along the west side, but not on the north or the south side, because at, on this floor, it still has a common wall with the building to the north and to the south. So you can open up a window in the hallway that runs along the front of the building, if you want to, down in the south. The other thing that he could do, if the door to that room is unlocked, Squire can open it. So that's that's doable. I'll uh, whisper out, Squire, go open that door. Okay, and then you see, um, you see, um, dressed back in pantaloons and uh, and a big beret, <laughs> you see this, you see Prince Valium tiptoeing, like comically tiptoeing down the hall. <laughs> Like like Tom and Jerry-esque. And then suddenly you hear this door go slamming open and you hear this, what the? And now if you guys want to make your move, you can do it now. But I still want to know your marching order. I think I'm going to let go, let Roos go first, first just because he's a little bit more sneaky than me. Okay, I'm going to just, I'm just going to bolt into the room. 
Okay, you come around the corner and uh, <laughs> what you see, when you come around the corner, you can see the staircase going up to the third floor. You can see um, there are actually two bailiffs <laughs> standing here by the stairs. One of them oh, is no. tattooed. The other one is one of these female bailiffs. The female bailiff is the one who's standing right in front of the door to Ember's room. And she is currently turned around looking behind her into the room. The tattooed bailiff is watching her um, and her reaction. And so, Roos and Nari, you will get to make your move against these two bailiffs who have the surprised condition. Yeah. When we roll initiative next time. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what a buildup. Oh, my goodness. Okay. The attack on the Kagari um, is about to happen. Uh, apparently. Uh, excuse um, me, the attack on the Kegery already happened. This is the saving of the Kegery. Yes. This is the liberation of the Kegery. Thank you, Pine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, very good. Dude, my plan changed like six times during that whole conversation. <laughs> so mine. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, this has been a ton of fun. I did not know what was going to happen. And it sounds like we're going to have um, another riot. Um, why not? Um, very good. Okay. If you like what we're doing, go check us out on Patreon. Uh, leave us a rating and review. Tell your family and friends. We're having a great time. Hopefully you guys can, uh, can sense that. You guys are having a great time listening to us. And until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time. <laughs>